Welcome to Coming Out of the Spiritual Closet with your host, me, Brittany Wittig. Join me every week to explore and demystify the world of modern spirituality. This week's episode is a powerful one. I interview Megan Evans, a former personal wardrobe stylist turned empowerment coach who has been living with MS, multiple sclerosis, for 19 years. Megan is the creator of the MS Stage and the MS Stage Method. And Megan talks about health issues, symptoms, and communicating with our bodies in a completely unique way. She shares processes that I have never heard anyone else speak about. And I actually gave these processes a try myself. When Megan and I recorded this episode, I was going through some pretty serious health issues due to a parasitic infection that I picked up in Mexico. And Megan's methods worked so well for me that honestly, it just blew my mind. I'm so excited to bring you this powerful episode. Every single listener is going to get something valuable out of this episode and out of Megan's holistic approach. So without further ado, here's Megan. Megan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast this week. I'm so happy to have you here and I'm so excited for my listeners to learn from you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. So just to get started, can you kind of introduce yourself and tell us about what you do? Yeah, yeah, of course. So I'm Megan Evans. I'm a founder and creator of the MS Stage and the MS Stage Method. I used to be a personal wardrobe stylist uh, turned empowerment coach, and I myself have had MS, multiple sclerosis, for 19 years now. I'm coming up on my 19-year anniversary. My, the MS stage, which we're going to talk about today, was created through my own journey with MS, and so we can talk about that too. You talk about something that I just find so fascinating, and I just think is brilliant. You talk about how symptoms can become our superpowers. Yes. So could you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, of course. So I'm a big believer that our symptoms are there to give us messages, that they're not always bad things, that they can be there to to literally be your friend because they're just nudging you being like, hey, something you need to pay attention to me. Something's going on. And so they're there to be like, okay learn to slow down, whatever the message is that they're giving you, but that can become your superpower because then you're like, oh, I have the, I know what I'm supposed to be doing here and I have the ticket and they're telling me what to do. So now I just have to go do it and practice it and be, get better and better at it, whatever that thing is. And so I'll give you an example. The other night I gave a talk and it was a room full of mostly people with MS and I did a, an exercise that I do in the MS stage. And, and I led them through a meditation. And one of the women said, yeah, my symptom was telling me I needed to slow down. I needed to do this. I needed to do that. And she had like this whole download of messages that her symptom was giving her. And I said, well, then that's your superpower. And she went, yeah, you're right. It is. It was like this big aha moment for her. Cause then she said, oh yeah, I can relate to my drop foot. And now I can talk to her and I can tell her it's going to be okay. And it's a really big revelation because I feel like it really shifts people's mindset 
out of the negative and into the positive. And it's not like, oh, why is my body frustrating me? Or why am I mad at my body? Or why are you doing this to me and playing the victim mode? You're, you can play the champion mode and you can become friends with them and feel empowered in the process. So that's what I'm a huge believer in. Oh, that is so cool. I love the idea of befriending your symptoms like this and finding the superpower and speaking with your symptoms. It's such an empowering reframe, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and our cells listen. So everything we say, everything we believe, I mean, it's scientifically proven that they're listening. Our symptoms are listening. So if you become their friend, then you can say, Hey, we got this. Like my, my left leg, her name is Roxy because I, she drags a little bit sometimes. And, but like the more I talk to her, the more she performs well. (laughs) So it's like, she knows, right. That I'm her friend. And so when she thinks I'm mad at her, it's like having a, right. Like if I was mad at you and you're my good friend and I'm mad at you, you're not going to perform what, like you're going to go into a hole or you're going to whatever your reaction is going to be. Right. It's like, think of your symptoms being the same way. They're going to react. If you're giving them food that they don't like, they're going to react. Right. If you're giving them things they love, they're going to feel good and then they're going to perform well. And so it's really, it is such a mindset shift and it's really fun to think about. And because of, I had a theater background and the Uh MS stage, yeah, is comes out of really these characters, right? Like our symptoms are each a character. So we, we begin to name them. We begin to see them as a character. How old are they? What do they look like? What are they wearing? You can really go deep and that in and of itself can give you lots of messages too. Yes. Oh my gosh. I absolutely love this. It's so great. I'm thinking back to when I had cancer and how monumentally helpful this would have been for me. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. This is so powerful. I love it. Yeah. Um, And it works for, we talked about this before we recorded, it works for anything. It can be any autoimmune, any cancer. It can be, I mean, it can be any symptom of anything I had. I was that talk the other night, there was a man in the audience who doesn't have MS. His daughter has MS, but he was in the audience and he has um, peripheral neuropathy. So he has a lot of pain in his feet. And so that, (laughs) so when he named his symptom, I can't even remember the name, but it was really funny and everybody laughed and it was awesome because it was so clear what it was and Mm. why that name came to him. And, and so it works for anything. So it's like, it's just, it's all about the mindset shift really, honestly. And that can be empowering in so many ways when you're going through something like this. Oh, absolutely. Just getting out of that intense resistance, right? Like totally, totally. Yeah. I mean, speaking of resistance, so I had not accepted my diagnosis for 14 years, which I didn't realize until I had a really bad relapse five years ago where I lost feeling from the neck down. And yeah. Um, and it took me at least a month. It took, well, I took a year off work, but it took me a month to two months probably to get my, my mobility back to where, well, back to the best that it was going to be at that moment. Yeah. But through that relapse, I realized that I had been resisting my diagnosis for 14 years and I wasn't willing to say like, even when I met my husband, I was like, don't tell people I have MS because I didn't want to own the label. 
So I would tell people I was diagnosed with MS because I felt like saying I have MS meant like, oh, my cells are going to hear that and I'm going to own it. And then I don't want to own it. And then I don't want to be associated. So I'm just going to say I was diagnosed with it. Mm. So now I, when I got through that and realized, you know, through a lot of deep work, meditation, therapy, all the things Mm -hmm. I realized I had not been accepting of the MS. And it was through that, that door, once I fully accepted it, doors began to open and a deeper healing occurred. And because I was in constant fight or flight, like to me, there was no ease in my dis-ease equation at all. I was doing all the right things, right? I was gluten-free. I was dairy-free. I was exercising. I was, I was literally doing all the right things, which I wouldn't be as doing so well that I am almost 20 years in, if I hadn't done all the right things, but on a deeper level inside emotionally, I was in fight or flight because I didn't want to fully believe the whole situation. But once I did that, it was like, Oh, right. And I, now I coach women now uh, and teach women who are newly diagnosed, who are going through that. They're lost. They don't want to accept it. They don't want to believe it. They've been healthy their whole lives. They've been athletes. They've been like hardcore athletes. And then suddenly they have no mobility. They're like in a wheelchair quickly. And they've had in two years, they have horrible symptoms. And so that to them, it's like a, literally it's such a grieving process of their old body. And they don't want to accept it. And it's the key of it, honestly, is to accept it. Because once you accept it, you can become more present with it. You can become friends with it. Things begin to unfold in a new way. And you cannot imagine the shifts that these women are having. And some in their symptoms, too. Not just um, in their mindset, but also in their symptoms. Because it all trickles down, too. Right. Wow. Yeah. It's been really powerful. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love, and I love what you said there about accepting it is key because that's how you move forward is accepting where you are right now. Yep. It's the key to unlocking it. I really believe that. And I, well, I know that because I did it myself. Yeah. And it's like, all of a sudden, once you're like, oh yes, I'm willing to accept this. And it's a huge part of my program that I teach because they can't get anywhere until they get to that point. (laughs) Right. Okay. So they have to really get out of their own way and get to that point of being like, yes, I do. I have this. And I just, now I have to figure out how I'm going to deal with it. But I, I mean, I'm not going to ignore it anymore. And not that these women are, have been ignoring it. It's more that they just don't, aren't willing to say they're not, you know, they don't want to accept it. They don't believe it's really, they cannot, they're still in shock. They can't believe it's happening to them. They feel lost. They don't understand like, why me? I've been, I've done all the right things my whole life. And yeah, we all go through that. So why not get ahead of it now? Which is what I, why I'm teaching. I'm trying to catch women before they get 14 years in like me, right? Right. Like get it, get on it right when you are starting to get new, you know, newly diagnosed in the last couple of years or whatever. Yeah. Oh, it's so amazing. It's so amazing that you are a resource like this. I mean, Thank you. it's, a, it's incredible. Like that's powerful, powerful work you're doing. Thank you. You've also talked about movement 
being yes. very essential yes. in this healing process. Yeah. Could you talk about why working with yes. movement and yes. your symptoms is yes. so essential? Yes. It's super essential because our emotions are directly related to our symptoms. Like if okay. I'm get frustrated, my leg will get worse. If I get whatever it is, right. If I'm angry, mm-hmm. my leg will get worse. If I'm joyful, my leg will feel better. So mm-hmm. they're directly, our emotions are directly related to our symptoms. I truly fully believe that. I mean, it's, that's what somatic therapy is all about. Um, oh yeah. So it's that, right. I created an exercise called the switch exercise and I guide people through movement through with song. And I'm a huge believer that music also helps drive the force, whatever it's negative or positive deeper into the cells in your body. So they're listening to that too. Mm -hmm. So I'm a huge believer. I'm, I lead meditations with music and it's like powerful music. Um, and then I lead movement exercise with music, obviously, but I, we learn to switch our emotions. So I play a song and I call out, I'm like the director of the song and I say, okay, you know, anger. And so they have to move the emotion of anger and Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be huge, bold, it's not choreographed, you know, it doesn't have to be huge, bold movements. It can be seated in their chair. It can be whatever, or they can be visualizing what that emotion feels like in their body when I call out the word. And then 30 seconds later, they're switching anger to love Mm. or frustration to ease. So it's a switch, right? So it's learning to switch the mindset and it's slowly learning for the symptoms to learn. Oh, that feels really bad. This feels really good. And so it's learning to switch how our emotions play with our symptoms. And I'll give you an example. The other night at this talk I gave, I mean, I can't make this stuff up. It was so powerful. This woman, um, I did the exercise with them live and I went, I can't remember what I went from like, whatever I said before the negative emotion. And then I said, joy. And she said, as soon as she heard joy, her foot, she has really bad drop foot, um, lifted up three to four inches. And she said, I can never do that. Whoa. So it works. It's powerful work. And she had like this massive shift. I mean, she was like, my foot or do that. I have it recorded. I mean, it's amazing. And wow. I was like, I mean, I was blown away too, but I mean, it's, But if you're open and willing to listen and receive, right, Mm -hmm. your body is showing you that truly it can heal and miracles can happen and it's listening to you. So as soon as she heard the word joy, her foot heard the word joy, her foot loved that feeling of joy and wanted more of it. So it was, it's very powerful and it's really cool what can happen. And, and honestly, obviously the other night, it was a very short period of time, but in my program, it can also happen in like six weeks. It's amazing what happens with women. Wow. So it's a six week program you do. Yeah. It's six weeks, two hours each session. Okay. And then I give them homework throughout the week. Yeah. And it's really powerful and they've got access to a group portal where they can communicate with each other. I check in with them. I give them, you know, I check in to see what their updates are during the week to see how they're feeling, how the exercises are going for them, make sure they're practicing. 
Because the more they practice, the work works no matter what, but the more you do it, the more it's going to go deeper and it's going to work more. So, um, yeah, or maybe it'll work faster at least. That makes sense. Yeah. You have talked about a signature warm-up exercise um, that you use. I think you use it daily to get in touch with feelings around symptoms. Is that the switch exercise? That is the switch exercise. Yeah. So you can put, put a song on and I have playlists and on Spotify under the MS stage that people can follow along. And, um, you put a song on whatever your symptom, whatever you're feeling that day. So like, if you're angry, if you're sad, if you're, I've got all different playlists for different emotions. Okay. Um, so I'll say, pick a song that day and practice switching it. So you might want to just play one song and move sadness, the whole song, but then play a song that's much more upbeat and happy and then move that the whole song. Or you can pick a song that you every 20 seconds do switch different emotions the whole time to practice what that feels like. So it's really a cool way to warm up your body and also get in touch with where's my body today? How is my body feeling today? And what is she trying to tell me? Mm -hmm. So that is cool. And it's powerful. So it's like, I'll pick a song that just you know, sometimes, like I said, it's sometimes it's just one song and I just move one emotion through the song, or I might, I might say, oh, I'm going to move anger to love today and just move that depending on how I feel, or you might feel great. And you just want to move joy that morning because that'll start your day off really well too. You may not want to move bad negative emotions that day. So So this is something you recommend doing like every morning. Yeah, I would. I mean, if you can, or at least a couple times a week, you know, do what you can do. I mean, it really only takes five minutes. I mean, most songs are like three minutes or whatever. So try, try one song, try two songs. So it really doesn't take long. Um, I mean, you can also do it in the shower. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Cause sometimes I dance in the shower. I'll just throw on a song and that's cool too, because you can multitask if you don't have much time. (laughs) That's a good way to do it. (laughs) Oh, interesting. Just a question about your story. I'm curious because yes. you've obviously had this massive journey with your yeah. MS and with your symptoms. What were your symptoms early on and how did you cope with them initially? Mm. So, okay. I lost feeling on the left side of my body. Um, it went from like, and then I had really bad vertigo that same time period too. So that was when I was 24 years old. Okay. I... I only had one lesion on my brain at that time. So they couldn't officially say you have MS, but the doctor first said, well, you've either had a stroke, you have a brain tumor or you have MS. And I was like, I'll take door number three. Whoa. Um, Yeah. So it was like, okay. And then they did an MRI and then it was one lesion. So they technically can't diagnose with less than three lesions. So they said, you know, well, okay, we think it's MS, but they didn't really know for sure until like six months later. And then I had the neurologist tell me, it's as if you've had a stroke, you'll likely end up in a wheelchair one day. And I looked at my mom at 24 years old and I was like, no, I won't get me out of here. And I didn't, and I was like, I'm out. And we left and I said, never coming back to this man again. And this is sadly how a lot of neurologists think or handle, um, patients. Um, and 
I didn't ever go back to him again. And I was really into alternative medicine. Even back then I did get on steroids when I needed them. So like, obviously that time I had lost feeling all side of my body. I was having horrible vertigo. I got on steroids, but I wasn't willing to start an MS drug yet. A, because I didn't want to identify with it. Sure. And B, because I didn't believe in it. And 20 years ago, almost 20 years ago, there weren't as many options as there are now for MS drugs. And so I was like, no, I'm fine. I only have one lesion. I can do this. And I was very, and I am, you know, I am open-minded, but back then I was very set in my ways. And I was like, I can do this. I'm going to cure myself. This is fine. I only have one lesion. I got this. And I am bound and determined, strong-willed and went, you know, but I did right away. I went gluten-free and back then people were like, what gluten, what? Like nobody 20 years ago, people, I mean, luckily I was in the process of my first move from New York to LA and in LA, it was a little more accepted, but it's still Mm -hmm. kind of not totally understood, but I was like, okay, I'll do that. And then eventually I went um, dairy-free and then eventually I went grain-free in 2013. Mm -hmm. So I really, my diet changed. I did homeopathy, acupuncture. I did all the things um, for years. And I truly believe that I wouldn't be doing as well as I am or I have been if it hadn't been for doing those things. Sure. But emotionally... I hadn't been fully accepting it. So, and we talked about that because acceptance right. truly is the key. And it was right. when I had my worst MS episode five years ago that I, that I discovered that. So it was a long road. I had ups and downs. I definitely had other exacerbations. They were always brought on by some kind of stressful event or episode. Mm-hmm. Like I had a Yeah, I think it was like seven years into my diagnosis. I had a really bad gas leak in my apartment, which I didn't know for two days. (laughs) And yeah. And so I was sleeping in it and real, and then had a horrible relapse at which point I got on steroids for that, you know, so I I did do the steroids, but I still wasn't subscribing to the medication MS medication. Sure. Yeah. And then five years ago, you talked about having a relapse and that was when you, that was when you got into acceptance. Yes. So five years ago, I lost feeling from the neck down and had a really bad relapse. And that was brought on mainly because I was trying to detox. I'm very sensitive and I was trying to detox like all the, you know, heavy metals and all the bad stuff out of my body, Sure, which is ironic because then it led me to literally having such a bad reaction that I lost feeling from the neck down. And my body was like, no, no, you can't do this. This is not what you were. You can't, we can't handle this. Mm -hmm. And so I had to stop. I stopped everything. I stopped work. I, my family was like, you're killing yourself. Um, I was a personal wardrobe stylist because I was, I was traveling a lot. I was doing very physical work, shopping for people, hauling boxes up and down stairs, up ladders on their closets, you know, down on my knees. Like it was very physical work and I loved it. it and it was part of my identity really. Cause it's who sure. I, I had been doing it for over 10 years. And so when I had this relapse, I really had to stop everything. And okay. it was through the just stopping that I realized that I had not fully accepted my MS, that I had been resisting it for 14 years. Cause I would say, 
I was diagnosed with MS. I wasn't willing to say I have MS. And so through literally taking a year off work and luckily I was able to do that and therapy and finally getting into meditation Mm. and doing all the other things, I discovered like, oh, acceptance really is the key that needs to be unlocked. You know, Mm. I mean, the door that needs to be unlocked and gone through in order to get to the other side of this thing. And it wasn't about, oh, I have to cure myself anymore. It slowly became, no, I have to learn to live with this in harmony and peace. Wow. And that was the huge acceptance I had to go through. And it took over a year probably. And through that, I started developing these practices that I teach in the MS stage. Mm -hmm. And I went back to my roots with theater and dance and started developing these practices so that I could figure out a way to deal with it emotionally on another level. And that's exactly what happened. And then the MS stage was born. Wow. What a massive shift. Yeah. That's amazing. To say the least. I mean, it really taught me to fully slow down, to stop. That's my superpower. And that's why Roxy, my left leg Mm -hmm. showed up to me because she's like, you have to slow down. You have to stop. And I was go, go, go constant fight or flight did not meditate. I was just on the go all the time. And yet I was, I'm a very spiritual person. So it was just very ironic. Cause I'm like, well, oh. I'm, I'm so, I'm such a person to believe in practicing what I preach. Like when I was a stylist, I would always practice what I preached. But then when it came to this, I wasn't practicing what I preached. I would like wow. do all the things, but I would do them because I had to, right. I wasn't doing them because they, so it was like, sure. blah, 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 like all the time. And then now it's a whole different level because I've gone so much deeper with it that it's truly a level of like, no, this is, this is, it's okay. It's okay to say I have MS. It's okay. And I'm not owning it. Right. Right. I can still see it from up here or see it from here and embrace it. Like, like she's a friend, Yeah. but, um, that's the only true way to heal. I believe. (laughs) Yeah. Cause if you're fighting it, it's going to be worse. They right. don't want to be fought, you know, right. our symptoms don't want to fight with us. Yes. And they're, they're there to give us messages. Oh, yes. I love it. It's so they're there to teach us brilliant. something, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. I just love this perspective. Talking about symptoms, how does someone like identify characteristics of their symptom? How would you suggest that someone mm-hmm. start to get to know their symptoms and maybe their most challenging symptom. Yes. So I lead my students through um, a meditation to teach them how to name their symptom. Mm. So the first thing I would do, um, even without having to meditate necessarily, you just take a few deep breaths. And honestly, when you, and then when you're thinking about your symptom, whether it's your leg, your foot, your stomach, whatever is going on in your body, begin to see what does it look like? And is there a name that it wants me to know? And is it male or female? Is it an object? It could be a, you know, a sculpture. It could be whatever you envision. Right. And honestly, I tell people don't overthink it. Just it's the first name that comes to you. So 
yeah, I don't want you to be like, what is the, what is the name? Like I need to write, I need to go through a journaling process. You know, no, I just want you to be like, I want you to literally ask your symptom what its name is. And once you have the name, then you can begin to discover and go, okay, well, what, how old are you? What do you look like? What is, you know, what is your character? Like really begin to get to know who they are and they might be male, like I said, male or female or an object or a thing or whatever, and begin to really start to go down a discovery path so that you can create a new story around it and see what comes up for you. You can talk to it on a deeper level, keep asking it questions, keep talking to it. I mean, I tell, I, I posted a meditation the other day that was just like two or three minutes. That's like, what does your symptom want to tell you today? You know, like, what's it trying to tell you today? Maybe you just need more rest. Maybe it wants you to slow down. Maybe it's telling you that you need more protein. I don't know. I'm, I'm like, you know, there could be a bunch of yeah. things. Or maybe it's telling you, you want to dance. It wants to dance with you. So dance with it, you know, like really start to evolve. What is that relationship with your symptom? And it's kind of cool. (laughs) It's amazing to see what happens. Oh, I just totally love this way of like speaking to your body and connecting to it. And it's on like a really deep level. Yeah. Because it listens. Yeah. You know, like my body's listening to me all the time. So if I'm telling it negative stuff or saying I'm not good enough or saying like getting frustrated with it or why aren't you working today or why, you know, whatever, then it's going to respond in that way. It's going to be like, well, I'm trying, you know, I mean, I'm trying, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to work with you, but I don't know. I, I, I can't, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with you. And so it's like, but if you're, so if you think about it like that, right, like you're literally having, like, think of it as like a little child or something. And it's like, no, but I really want, I want, I'm here for you. Like, I'm really trying here. And so if then, if you talk to it, like, okay, I get you, I have compassion for you. I have empathy. I understand this is really hard work and I know you love me and I know you're really trying to work hard for me. So let's work together, right? Like let's be a team. So how can we do that? And then you can start to really kind of develop that relationship and think of it like, a, you know, like I have such a clear picture of who Roxy is in my head. Um, and she is a badass, you know? And so when yeah. I talk to my leg, I'm like, yeah, girl, you got this, you know? Yes. And yeah. So yes. it's like, and honestly, I'm not making this up when I say that she performs when I talk to her, like I'll be walking up the stairs and sometimes walking the stairs can be harder for me. And I'm like, no, 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 Roxy, we got this. You got this. Like, come on, let's go. She gets better. I mean, it's like, it just happens. It makes total sense to me that that would be the case. I mean, it's so interesting to me. I've never heard anyone talk about symptoms in this way mm-hmm. and it's brilliant. And it makes yeah. so much sense too, because if you think about everything, you know, this is a spiritual podcast. So yeah, most yeah. of my listeners are very into the idea that everything is energy. Everything totally. is vibration. Yes. And so yes. it's like the vibration that you are sending to your body, the vibration you're sending to your symptoms is going yeah. to d- completely affect them. Absolutely. No. And I'm a super spiritual person too. And so 
I'm a huge believer in talking to our bodies, like they're their own entity. Right. And, and then if you're talking to them, then source, whoever your source is, is also listening and believing and helping you heal or helping your body. You know, it's like that connection is going to continue to grow and grow and grow and stay more positive and keep you in the light, right? Like keep you involved in the light and in the positive, because it's only going to get when people play the victim mode of any health journey they're on. Yeah. You see how people like they're how they act or if they're acting like really pitiful, right. Mm -hmm. Directly relates to how bad off they are typically. Yes. Yes. Or versus you can see somebody who's like, you know, doing has the, like, say they had the exact same diagnosis, exact same symptoms, exact same everything. And you put victim mode on them versus you have champion mode on them. The champion's going to be doing way better than the person who's playing the victim mode, who's playing pitiful. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. Yeah. So it's like really fascinating. It's really cool to watch. It's fun to be a part of like miracles can and do happen. And yeah, it's really cool. I mean, I, what I experienced the other night with this talk I gave was like, I was like, oh my gosh, like I don't make it up. I call on source. I call on everyone's ancestors and their, their angels and their archangels. And they don't need to hear me. I don't tell them I'm doing that. I just do that, you know, (laughs) before I give a talk or before I teach. Yeah. Um, but all of that is all connected also because people, because once you do that, then people are, um, more open probably than they, they knew that they could be, but only because that's like my secret little thing that I do that they don't even know I'm doing. (laughs) Oh, that's brilliant. I love that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I, it's, I, before I teach, I always do the same thing. That's so great. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't, and people who aren't into that stuff, it's like, they don't need to know because they, we all have angels and we all have you right. know, be, beings supporting us in whatever way. So right. yeah, it's not like, I'm not like putting some voodoo thing on them. It's just, right. yeah. It's all oh, good absolutely. stuff. Yeah. It's all, it's all positive. It's all, it's all love-based. Totally. So something that came up as you were talking that I'm curious about, do you find, and I don't know, I'm, this is just a total curiosity, but have you found that talking out loud to your symptoms versus like talking in your head makes a difference? Like, is there, is there any benefit to speaking it out loud? I think there could be a stronger benefit to speaking it out loud, but I don't think you have to do that at all. I sure. think some people can just visualize things getting better and they've had Mm -hmm. experience with it getting better. Like everybody in my talk the other night, they didn't actually get up. And because a lot of them were on canes or walkers or wheelchairs. So nobody actually got out of their seat to do the dance movement. They just did it sitting Mm -hmm. and all had powerful. Some people cried. Some people, the woman whose foot raised that she didn't think could happen ever. That hasn't happened in years. You know, I mean, Yeah. Some people just, they had really strong responses and that was just them visualizing all being in the space together, right? The energy Mm. of that. Yes. Which is really powerful. The power of community and which is why I lead groups on Zoom, which is why my program is a group of women, because it's like, it's much more powerful when you're doing this work together. 
So no, I don't think it all has to be out loud. I think it can be. I mean, I think it's whatever feels good to you. I mean, I tell people to sometimes in my program, I'll I'll teach like to have them sigh it out Mm. or like add sound to their movement because if they're really frustrated, I'm like, just yell, just get it out. Just like get that energy out of you, the negative energy. So, um, and then just bring in the joy, bring in the joy. Mm -hmm. So I think it's all a matter of whatever feels good in their bodies Okay, because their body knows what they need. Right. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. Okay. Well, this has been amazing, Megan. Thank you so, so (laughs) much for having me. I mean, this is just so brilliant what you're doing. I love the work you're doing. I love your perspective. Um, how can, how can people get in touch with you? Okay. So if this resonated with you, you can go to the link in the show notes to join a group in my program. If you're not quite ready to join a group, I would love to get you started on your journey. You can, you can schedule a, um, call with me to help you talk through what your symptom is there to teach you and what your symptoms name is. And I can help you decide what two shifts you can make right away to start start feeling better and stop feeling like the victim and start feeling more empowered. Yeah. And then you can join my newsletter, which is you get a free meditation by joining my newsletter list, which also will be down in link and show notes. Yep, absolutely. I'll link to everything in the show notes. So you can just scroll down there right now and you'll find those links. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here, Megan. I so appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much for having me. It was a true pleasure. And everyone have a beautiful week. We'll catch you next time.